This is React Podcast. I'm Chantastic. In this episode today, I'm joined by Jared Palmer. I am thrilled to share this call because Jared and I share a relentless pragmatism, and it is so fun to hear him talk from his perspective about all the new cool hotness in React. Despite his own excitement, he cautions no less than three times not to rewrite your app with hooks and suspense, but instead gives us tools and knowledge to take a measured approach in updating our apps over time. If you're excited about all the new things announced at React Conf in 2018, but aren't quite sure what they mean for you and how you can take advantage of them, this episode is for you. We'll jump right in, but first a word from our sponsor. This episode of React Podcast is brought to you by React Training. In-person, hands-on training for development teams, taught by community leaders and experts. For more information, visit reacttraining.com. And stick around for the end of the episode. If you're just getting your feet wet in React, I have something that I think you'll like. Jared, thanks so much for sitting with me. I appreciate it. Happy to be here. Yeah, so we're uh, we're sitting here. This is the night before React Conf 2018 is when this is being recorded. Who knows when you're hearing it, but uh, we're gonna talk about we're gonna talk about the new stuff in 16.6 and some stuff that uh, we know is getting announced tomorrow, and you'll know about by the time this airs. So, um, yeah, how are you feeling the night before? I'm very excited. Just reading the the schedule, I'm like very excited for a lot of for a lot of the talks. There's gonna be some cool stuff tomorrow. What are you most excited about? I mean, the elephant in the room, I think, is like what like everybody's gonna be pumped about is our hooks. Like I think it's gonna be really, really cool. Yeah. Components have always been a problem. Like yeah. out if you've ever given a workshop, like we give workshops yeah. and just like ES6 is quirky still and yeah. this is takes a full essay to explain yeah. in JavaScript. So that's like part one, I'd say. Like hooks, like there are two things for me that like really are exciting about hooks. First is like getting rid of this. Yeah. The second is they fundamentally replace render props. Yeah. So with that, and render props are great. I have like one of the more popular render props libraries. Yeah. Yep. I think I have like I guess now. Well, I don't know. It's up there. Which is React Functions. React well, React Functions. I didn't even think about that. I was thinking about Formic, but sure. <laughs> okay. I have like maybe maybe I have like top ten. I have no idea. But like I was thinking about Formic, but Formic is like fundamentally about the render prop, like the whole. It was about like a higher order component at first. And then once I saw the light and saw the render props light, I was like, oh man, this is great. I should just make both. Yeah. So Formic does both. And like, it's worth the wait. And I know people that come up to me after conferences and stuff and they're like, I love the higher order component. It matches our functional style. And I'm like, that's cool. I don't use it, but that's awesome. I'm so happy to support you, right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, but I use render props and I think render props are great. We use them for all kinds of things on the stuff that we do with GraphQL. We'll use, you know, the query component from Apollo. Yeah. But we also have like, we'll write our own query components for REST. Yeah. And yep. just like do that. And like, I've thought about writing a caching thing for REST like 20 times with query components and stuff. But anyway, it doesn't matter. Like we use them all the time. The problem is though, is that like you end up having, especially with like prettier, you end up getting this situation at least like two times a day where you're just like uh, refactoring some render prop. You're in some big component. Yeah. And nothing works. Yeah. And yeah, you just yeah. delete it. You like 
you like use for me i like love alfred and like clipboard history so i'm just like clipboard history clipboard history i gotta figure out where this was apple z 17 times things break yeah, yeah. everyone's been there and you you're just a sad or a yeah you're just yeah and you can never figure out where exactly that map is supposed to end yes. right it's like it's always inline map and it just blows up your whole like couple minutes and like if someone interrupts you during this time, like just sadness ensues. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. render props are great, but this call, you still suffer from callback hell, like the yeah, classic yeah. node issue, right? Just like keep pushing it further just keeps, and further. Yeah. Right. Just keeps going further and further editor. And I've seen some crazy stuff like, yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. And I love seeing screenshots of that. Like every once in a while, someone will put a screenshot <laughs> on Twitter. <laughs> like, dang, that is the deepest one I've ever seen. And, and look, there've been a lot of attempts to solve this. I think I saw one like react adapt where they like, someone's tried to like, chain render props yes, which yeah. are cool and interesting but mm-hmm. those and i think i've even seen one like a Babel transform or some macros i don't know anyways james kyle kind of did a screenshot of one right and he used kind of like an await yeah, style like yield, syntax. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah hooks takes all this and just is like you know what this is like the wrong way to do this let's just build this as a primitive what's that primitive oh a function and just yeah. a function and what's so great about hooks are it's just javascript and so yeah. I think what's interesting about hooks like what is that they render they make render props basically like a antiquated pattern but at the same time you can really easily build render props out of hooks and make yes. things backwards compatible. Yeah. So if you want to support both you totally can. Yeah. And so like hint hint wink wink on Friday <laughs> you'll see some stuff for react functions that like will have hooks in it cuz my plan is to rewrite the whole thing almost well maybe by the end of the weekend it'll be like some hooks awesome that'll so that'll be fun and, and and to show there so yeah i think hooks are really exciting i think they're gonna change people's view of react react has always been unashamedly javascript first yeah and that's always been like kind of a criticism and so people who come from the html css land they're they they've leaned to view sometimes because it is just like html css yep. and it makes more sense right to them what's interesting about the, this like transition to react is that now we're going like all in on javascript yeah there's like, JSX is great. It's still, it's not going anywhere, obviously. Maybe they'll solve that next. But like, now we're everything can just be a function. Yeah. And that's beautiful. And so hooks are really easy to test. Everything's in scope. They're easy to refactor. I think that's also maybe the thing that, just like reading through things, I, I think that maybe the best part is that like, because you're defining state, not in this like object, yep. you're defining it like as one well, basically like a tuple effectively mm-hmm, mm-hmm. in your little editor and you got multiple functions in one file, you can just like move that state line up. Yes. And move it back down. Yeah. And yeah. move it back up and move it <laughs> back down. And that's that's very powerful. Yeah. You have the state you have this piece of state and the updater right there. Also, okay, number three, we use TypeScript. And uh-huh. so we love TypeScript. I live in a TypeScript universe. And it's phenomenal. You should join if you're not already. Oh, I love it. it. No, I, I, <laughs> it's I'm great. in there with you. <laughs> yeah. So we use TypeScript. Use TypeScript. We use TypeScript. <laughs> so if you if you use React and TypeScript, which by the way is a pretty great situation, mm-hmm. when you go to create a t- uh, component, a class component, you're going to create two interfaces usually with okay. state. You're going to have your interface something something props and interface something something state, and those are going to be the generics that you have to pass to the component to describe the yep. props and the state that need to be passed into your component to work. Yeah. Flow is like sometimes a little bit smarter to tries mm-hmm. to be inf- tries to do this inferencing, but TypeScript is beautifully not good at inferencing. Yeah. <laughs> um, but that's actually a feature, not a bug. <laughs> sure. So, right. So what's cool about hooks though is you don't need to type this extra interface for state all okay. the time. So TypeScript has tuples and so yes. does Flow. Okay. And so when you return a tuple, you can just basically from, let's say, a hook or something like that, like it can get inferred. And so use state can infer the type 
of the initial state. And so you don't actually have to oh, type out your state necessarily. That's awesome. You might need to if you're going to set initial state to something like null, but it's going to be yeah, yeah. something else, right? But that you'll, you'll use a generic there. But like there's going to be a lot of type inferencing that can occur. So if you're a TypeScript person and you're always like, and they say like, I don't know, I read some Medium article once that like TypeScript's like 2.2x more code than something. I don't know. It's just like more code than like sure. flow, which is more from the dodge, and it doesn't matter. Anyways, it's less code. That's what you need to know. It's yeah. less code to type. It's going to be faster. And there's more inferencing, and that's awesome because move around state is annoying, and so is move around your interface yes. types. But you're going to get great autocomplete and leverage TypeScript tuples probably. So, yeah, I mean, yeah. All, for those three reasons, you have, like, that. I, I think t- hooks are going to be, like, game-changing. Yeah. Uh, this, You know, so this kind of goes the, the opposite direction of what, what you were just saying. But one thing that I found really fun is, is that um, – you were talking earlier about classes and how they can be problematic. And I remember that moment when we kind of moved away from create class mm-hmm. into class. And it was, it really forced people to kind of like double down on their, like on Babel or whatever their, yeah. their pipeline is. Yeah. And something that's really cool about hooks that I, that I enjoyed when playing with them is, is that you can write hooks that are just like old school JavaScript. Like you use that function syntax. You don't have to transpile those or anything. Yeah. And they're like good to go. You can definitely get much, f- well, Browsers, I think, have caught up slightly. Yeah, absolutely. But like, if you were to take what this API and put it back, like let's say four years ago or something yeah. like that, like, uh, it's questionable if the like whole Babel webpack thing takes off the same way. Because like, who knows? Oh like, yeah, you don't absolutely. need that pa- driving force of we need to transpile. We need to transpile all the time. I mean, you still like J- JSX is still like amazing and great. Yeah, but but I don't. You could do it without it. You could do it without it. Like yeah. maybe a little widget here and there. Like that's a, that's a great point. You know, it is just JavaScript, which is great. But I also. And I'm not worried. I'm just like about the learning curve a little bit. Yeah, about the hooks learning curve. Well, it's so anything that's new is gonna you're gonna like adversely react to immediately. Yes. And the yeah. first time I, I think I saw hooks, like I was like, what is this? Yeah. Uh, no. Well, and that, then, like, and then you and feel then, like you're losing control because yeah, like you, I understand class, yes. I understand the instances, yes. I understand like the way this kind of cascades exactly. the relationships here, and like that's being taken away from me. And like, what do I get? Yeah. <laughs> what do I get? So so, but then I slept on it. And then I played with it a little bit and I was like, okay, you know, mm, maybe this is kind of nice. <laughs> What's that same thing as uh, I remember early on really having this reaction to setting your on click on an element because for 10 years people have told me that that was like bad, like writing that in the JSX. Mm-hmm. And it felt so weird at first. And then I was realizing, oh, hey, like it's doing the work of kind of uh, hooking it up the way that I would have had to do it. Uh, myself and it's being it's being smart about it and i can trust it to do that work and like after you play with hooks for about like a day or two you kind of go like oh i can trust react to do this work as well yeah and i think i think my 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 thing was like there there are definitely you definitely need to read the docs so if you haven't read the docs (laughs) on hooks go read the whole docs and read the faq i'll start to finish all the way top to bottom (laughs) don't skip a section do not because you will learn things that you didn't anyways just like react is like gotchas hooks have gotchas too like, there's no silver bullet here. Yeah. Like, you still need to remember a bunch of stuff. Yep. But it seems a little more ergonomic. And it seems, it almost seems like just easier to refactor, easier to refactor. Yeah. I think that's my, the biggest thing. And like, that pain of like, oh no, I need state. Yeah. <laughs> like, that, that, that is a painful moment. Yeah. Uh, she said, where I think my snippets now, like, for, I got to change them, but like, they think they only, they, they go straight to component at this point. But yeah. now maybe I will not do that. So yeah. I got to change those. <laughs> Yeah, I really want to uh, kind of build up like my next big feature using just 
function components yeah. and hooks. I think yeah. it'd be really and fun. Suspense. And suspense. So that brings we me back to, to we should uh, get the suspense probably, right? <laughs> that's a great uh, Although a great although, although I will you. say last bit last <laughs> bit on hooks. What's cool about it is like the one that like the first hook I built, sorry, sorry, we built, I should say, is like that this like list hook. Use list. Okay. So Formic has list manipulations. So yes. like there's a component called field array, mm -hmm. which basically saves you an enormous amount of time because like what are you gonna do about uh, an array? You're gonna add, remove, insert, like right. all this other yep. stuff, right? Like and no one wants to go look those up on Stack Overflow. Yeah, like yeah. let's just do that. Where you like break it in half? Yeah, yeah break it in half, insert all the thing, right? Yeah. So like basically that was like the first that was the first hook that I thought was like oh this is nice like <laughs> okay we can like make state paradigms not just like. Yeah. Not just like, like, okay, obviously browser APIs, that stuff's like super obvious, uh -huh. but like weird stuff like use normalization. Yeah. Or like, I don't know, just there's other types of the data structures that could be really like, or like use a uh, state machine. Yeah. Or that, like these kinds of things can are now possible. And they were possible before, obviously, like you could do that in a render prop, but like, <laughs> I don't know, I don't think people were like as, I think people are gonna, cause it's just a function, I think they're gonna approach what's possible potentially differently. Like I would think it was like a code smell to see like, use array or like array in JSX potentially. Yeah. Like that would be like kind of strange. I think the future is very, very bright for, for, for hooks and where this is all going. And it's like very exciting to see this all come together. And it's also nice to see like how the paradigm of render props has kind of evolved into the mm -hmm. framework. Yeah. And embraced, started like with some, started with like React Motion and then like got more popular and yeah. then brought in, now it's context. <laughs> and now it's like, this seems like the next logical step. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so one thing that I've been loving is that with hooks and with suspense, um, now a lot more happens in that render method. Yeah. And so like kind of like before you returned the thing that you're returning, you kind of just line up now all of the things that you need. Yeah. So I need this piece of data, this piece of internal state, something from the browser, and this thing from our API, and then use it. Yeah. So my initial talk <laughs> proposal for ReactConf was... I'm going to Renderland. Like that was <laughs> that was like the my, I think that's what I titled it, or that was like one of my submissions. But that was like on some esoteric API that didn't actually end up getting. It doesn't matter. But yeah. like that was my idea. It's like yeah, like we're moving to render, and you know what's cool about render? It reads top to bottom. Yep. And so like if you ask like your grandmother like and you describe to her like how code works, the, the first inclination is that it works like languages work, where you read top to bottom, mm -hmm. right? And JavaScript doesn't work that way. No. And just explaining like closures and callbacks and scopes is very confusing. Mm -hmm. But now by pushing things down to render, things reach top to bottom. Yeah. Like that's pretty cool. So I think that's also extremely powerful because like readability is important for ma maintenance yep. uh, and also refactoring, yep. that kind of move, movement of state back and forth. So I think that that's a big deal that like we're moving a lot of logic to render. And it's funny because like moving it to render is really just like moving it into functions. If you think about it, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's just like more functions, less yeah. less imperative code. More like if it's in render, it's declarative yeah. by default, which is they're sneaking that up on us, right? <laughs> like they started with that ternary stuff, yep. right? They started with the maps and <laughs> filled in like no, I hadn't written a map for that. Like oh yeah, no, no, no that was, was my first no, map. That for was sure. that was like everyone's first map. <laughs> like no one, like I knew map, I knew about it, but like. No one, had, no one's honestly written a map before React forces forces all the right maps. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just not something you did in the jQuery universe. Like, oh yeah, I remember reading the docs and for the first time and being like, "That's a like that's a function in JavaScript." Like I didn't even know that it existed. Yeah, in I'm JavaScript. Like Hundred percent. Like not even embarrassed to say like I don't think I wrote the I don't think I used dot map before React. So um, 
Yeah, but now I use it every day. So they're sneaking up this functional stuff and it's like declarative yeah. and it's been it's been working and it's, it's great. And it, I'm really excited about that. But yeah, so coupled with suspense though, which is what my talk about, my talk is about, it's going to be like bananas. <laughs> <laughs> so tell us a little bit more about suspense. So right. what's the high level on okay. suspense? So React suspense is about the efficient loading of resources or sorry, I should say orchestrating the efficient loading of resources. Okay. I might need to re record that because like <laughs> legitimately I have it written down, but I don't even have to memorize. So, but basically it's blank. We're going to continue on. <laughs> the problem that most of us suffer from, and at least I deal with this like multiple times a day is I write the word like is loading. I don't know. 17 times a day. Because yep. that's how you load data. The yep. way you load data in React is on the client, did mount, you go fetch some JSON. Yep. If it's there, you just tell it's no longer loading. You set state to is loading false and you put it up into state. And then yep. in your render function, you go, is it still loading? No. Does it exist? Maybe. Are you sure it exists? Yes. Okay. Then we'll render, render, render the, the thing. thing. Yep. And that's not great for two reasons. Um, if you're trying to optimize for like, a really fast application, make your application fast and speedy and responsive. And you want to have it be great on all network conditions. Mm -hmm. And you want to deliver a great user experience. These two concepts, like speed and performance and user experience, directly conflict with one another uh, when you have this kind of loading state. And let me explain why. User experience research shows that users don't like janky UIs. They don't like seeing loaders that immediately go away. Yeah, they actually oh, those are the th worst. think an application like doesn't work as well if that happens. Mm -hmm. So perce perceived speed happens at like some sort of threshold around. I don't, I don't know what it is. It's like a 400, 300 milliseconds, or even two hundred milliseconds, where a user doesn't even perceive that the application is in some sort of loading or interim state. Sure. And so, in the perfect world, on fast connections, you don't even render a loader. Okay, yeah. but on slow connections. Mm -hmm. User experience research also shows that users want their apps to be responsive. So if something is taking a while after a certain threshold, they do want to see some sort of responsive feedback. Mm -hmm. They want to see a loading indicator. They want to know that what they've just clicked is having some sort of impact. Right. This is a conflict. This is a fundamental to like the way that the universe works. Because just because if you like render null instead of the loader, that doesn't solve the problem, right? There's literally <laughs> still loading state there, right? Yeah. So render like showing nothing doesn't solve the problem. Right. And obviously, if we're trying to like be a good follower of our Webpack brethren over there, uh, you know, over on the team and Sean Larkin shout out, like we're going to code split, we're going to delay stuff, we're going to lazy load wherever mm -hmm. it's possible, and lazy loading data. So that means uh, modules, mm -hmm. data, and assets like images and stuff. And yeah. there's tons of components that do that already, but they all suffer from the same problem, which is they don't react to net the network at all. So what suspense does, and this is a big buildup for them. So what suspense allows us to do is it allows us to tell React where to suspend rendering mm -hmm. while other components ask for resources. Okay, so let me say that again. So the suspense component tells React where it should pause while other components wait for resources. When those resources arrive, it can continue down the tree or... Uh, after a certain duration, it can render a it can render some sort of fallback mm -hmm. that placeholder that loader, and then continue down the tree. So what's cool is you can use this to orchestrate fallbacks and delete all that loading state because it literally doesn't exist anymore. Interesting. So the suspense component makes it declarative, something that was completely I would say it was still I say it was still declarative. It's still like mm -hmm. stateful and reacty, but there was this ternary expression in all of your renders were yes. about like loading, right? So 
instead of having this like gigantic ternary or trying to coordinate stuff, you just describe the place where React should suspend and wait, and it actually withholds any DOM mutations while this happens, mm -hmm. and it continues down the tree. So what's cool about that is you can use this for all kinds of things. The first use case is going to be lazy loading modules. So there's a new thing called React Lazy. So you call React.lazy, and it's just purpose-built for dynamic imports. Mm -hmm. And if you put a suspend component above a React.lazy, the, the result of a React.lazy, it will suspend, pause, literally pause rendering until that component resolves from your module chunk from like Webpack or something. Mm -hmm. And then it continues. And if that takes longer than a certain amount of time, it will render this fallback of your choice. So on fast connections, the, your users won't notice anything. It'll sure. be instantaneous. Yep. And on slow connections, you'll see the fallback, which is perfectly solves the problem. And so it kind of removes an entire class of issues result, mm -hmm. relating to loading. Plus, it, uh, if you use it for data, which something like an Apollo or a Relay will ultimately do, it's going to simplify this sort of story around data fetching and and, and undefined state. Okay. So like when you're currently, as I mentioned, because you have this like ternary expression usually in render, mm -hmm. items or whatever you're fetching might not be defined, mm -hmm. right? But now, thanks to the way that um, suspense works and the way that this thing called React Cache works, which is a basic cache for React that's also coming out, everything's always defined. <laughs> so if you use TypeScript, that's awesome. Right? Oh, you yeah, don't have any. Amazing. It's amazing, right? Yeah. You, don't have, you, don't any, you don't have any of these partials. Like, it's defined. And you use error boundaries to control the rejection, the promise rejection. So, like, if, you're, if you have, like, an API error, you reject, and then that is captured by your error boundary. And the idea with the error boundaries, if you're not familiar with them, is they can catch errors thrown at runtime and render UI related to those errors. Yeah. So let's play pretend here that it's facebook.com and you're in the chat, you're in a little messenger chat and your chat explodes, okay, for some reason. <laughs> Literally, poof, it explodes. Yeah. Okay, you could render something with an error boundary around a certain area of that chat where it's like, okay, this thread just exploded, but the rest of your messenger still works. So that's pretty useful. Yeah, very So you're useful. supposed to use those to control errors with suspense. Gotcha, as opposed like, to letting that just uh, propagate so, all the way up and or, destroy or, your page. Right, right, exactly. So you sort, of you sort of catch that there. So that's pretty cool. So it's a little different paradigm, but it's very declarative. And what's really great about it is coupled with hooks, it's like reads, tops to re it yeah. reads top to bottom. So suspense, at least with the React cache, reads synchronously. Mm -hmm. It's kind of like the sync async thing. So you describe an asynchronous resource, mm -hmm. and it gives you back a synchronous way to access it. So ergonomically, that seems really nice because the, the, the pattern right now, as you were talking about earlier, is you, you have some kind of component and as you need to wrap it, like let's say we wrap it in some type of component that doesn't render anything, but maybe it just ch changes the document title. Mm -hmm. Those types of imperative things get wrapped up into the components. Mm -hmm. Now we have kind of like wrapped our rendering component in this thing that has some other side effect. But now when we use those, we don't have to touch the, the return at all, we just kind of put that in the body of our uh, render yeah. function, but like above that, that JSX return that we're returning. So we can easily compose things in and out without having to actually change. Yeah, you can, do, you, can, you, you can do with hooks and suspense, you can also like ensure that things are, let's say, in place before other things happen. So mm -hmm. coordination is oftentimes tricky. That's why yeah. you have these crazy loading states like is loading thing, is loading other thing, is loading other thing, yeah. or is loading other thing, then we can render. Right, you see that. And that's, again, render props tries to solve some of that. And you have this waterfall issue. Yeah. What's cool with, with suspenses and with React cache, this basic cache, is it reads top to bottom. So you can guarantee that if you read from the cache, mm -hmm. 
on one line, that the next line, that item is always defined. So you just pass that as maybe that may be the input to the next part, yeah. next read. So you can like chain them up. And so with suspense, and I encourage you to read the docs about it, but with suspense, siblings of a single suspense component mm-hmm. fire in parallel. Tell me a little bit more about that. Okay, so the best way to think about it is if you if you're um, if you have components um, underneath a suspense component mm-hmm. that are going to suspend, mm-hmm. and they're siblings, mm-hmm. they will be ex- they will be like run in parallel. Okay, mentally, that's the way to think about them. Okay, gotcha. Um, and it will wait for all of them to be completed. So prom- think like promise dot promise at all. Okay. That's the best way to think about it. Gotcha. Okay. And if you have like nested components, yeah, nested components with suspense, they're going to go in, in waterfall. Okay. Now with the children, can you suspend just like another child? Like so, yeah, you so can keep nesting result- suspense infinitely out. Okay. So one of the th- cool. Okay. So let me give you an example. This may be more concrete. All right. So I am building a low quality image placeholder. Mm-hmm. Very common technique. You have like a placeholder, which is like a low resolution version of, a, of, of, a, of an image mm-hmm. and you fill it in later with the high resolution sure. image when it downloads 42 pixels is usually the little one and the big <laughs> one's like you know your gigantic hero image yeah. think play pretend okay so and the idea is you get the first one really quick so you get the first one really quick and then you render the big thing when it, like in the background mm-hmm. and what that allows you to do is you render the show ui immediately that's close enough to the real thing mm-hmm. on bad connections maybe that's like if it's like a little avatar like you get the sense of the person's face but you may not but it may be blurry like you could do cool stuff with it anyways Great use case for suspense. So you may have suspense components all over your application and you're gonna to wanna to have tight control over where these occur. Yep. But you could build a really quick low quality image placeholder and swap out that like maybe pretty massive progressive image thing you've been playing with, uh, with suspense. And the way you do that is you take a suspense component, you would put it, let's, you'd wrap it on top of an image component. Uh, but this image component isn't a normal image component. It's Gonna be, it's gonna use something like React Cache mm-hmm. or a cache, and when you would describe in a in wrap in a promise, just a straight up like 2005 style image creation, like <laughs> const image equals new image, image dot source equals source, and like image dot on error, like you'll just reject this promise, and image dot on load, you'll resolve the promise, and then that will be like that will return a resource um, through React Cache to you. And then you'll create a new like capital I image component. And then that will read from the cache, whatever the source is that you pass into it. This is the capital I, this is the component yeah, image. the component image, sure. component of your image. And the first line of that is a read from your image cache. So when that gets called underneath the suspense, it will wait before returning what's next. And what's next is a normal image component with that source. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So it's a little, a little weird, right? Right, right, right. All right, yeah. so that, that's like, and so what you do is you take your capital I image you put it underneath a little suspe- uh, a suspense component and you like basically pass in the high-end version of this image. And what that's going to do is, as I just described, it's going to pause and wait to download all of that. But then you set a fallback of the low-quality one. Yeah. This is going to get really weird. I'm right, trying to describe <laughs> this. Maybe this is too, too much. So you set the fallback to be the low-quality one. We'll have to like link a code pen or something. Yeah, like well, sorry. So I have to link a code pen. But basically, like, and I'll do this on like on stage tomorrow. It'll all make a lot more sense. And like, you're going to use this component literally on every image you write from the future. So you heard it first here. Um, <laughs> you'll do the low quality one at the fallback. And so let's think about that. What we described. So we know that like suspense will wait mm-hmm. and then we'll fall back. And you can also set a max duration of its wait time. Mm-hmm. So let's just say, okay, let's wait for one second. 
if this big, big image isn't loaded, render the fallback. So all that hoopla I just described for like three minutes and like didn't make any sense is literally just the perfect exact behavior you want for image placeholders. And best of all, on fast connections, it won't even render the fallback. It'll just go straight to the, 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 the hero image. So like that's the ultimate user experience right there. And so yeah. that's what suspense allows because we can literally pause render. You can enable all kinds of crazy stuff. So like images is a good example, like loading scripts. Yeah. Let's say you have to load like the Stripe SDK and you can't render your checkout button until Stripe is loaded. Yeah. You can suspend rendering until this it's loaded. Another one would be like flip animations on a route transition. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like oftentimes you want to do some crazy animation like in the view community loves rubbing this in our face. <laughs> Just like some crazy, yes, <laughs> crazy Nuxt animation or something like that. <laughs> you need to know about what the DOM node look like, what it looks like on the other side yeah. to run, do a flip. Animation's always been kind of tricky with React yeah. in that kind of sense. It's kind of like imperative kind of code. So with suspense and like reach router, Ryan's thing, yeah. you can suspend the route transition. It can wait. You can figure out what's going to be rendered ahead of time, know yeah. about it, and then do the flip animation and bring it all in because you can pause rendering. All, all in between, so in between the transition states. So like it's super technical and it will all, this will all become like much more obvious hopefully mm -hmm. tomorrow after my talk. But like it's pretty wild like the, the ability to literally stop time from happening. It's amazing. Um, and it's going to clean up so much crazy, crazy code. Yeah. And then uh, hopefully this will be like a better uh, story when it comes to like perhaps even like server rendering. I think they're going to try and make it work with server render, renderer too. Uh, and so like, that would be cool because if that, if, if, if it's done right, it's possible that like right now with server rendering, if you're not, if you don't know about it, you have to like usually do like two, you have to know ahead of time what, um, data your components sure, need. Yep. Mm -hmm. Right. So Apollo actually has to like literally render your whole walk down your entire react tree <laughs> twice. So oh, react does crazy. it or you no know, Apollo does it once and then react does it again. So it's yeah. pretty slow. Um, cause Apollo has to like figure out what you need, yep. actually get all that data and then react's going to render it yep. out with the data once. Correct. Okay. Correct. And, but in the future, there might be a thing that like streams down everything and only goes through the entire tree one time. That's crazy. Which that's is amazing. Pretty bananas. <laughs> and yeah, that, I mean, that, that's going to be a pretty cool world. It's also going to mean that you can add server rendering to your application pretty trivially in the future yeah. potentially right you just need to make sure you're not using like window in certain situations yeah. but like that's what the isomorphic pet <laughs> fetch polyfill is for right like yeah. combination of suspense and hooks is it's gonna be like the data story yeah. but i will say that it's not quite there yet sure so okay so react <laughs> cache is coming out but it is not ready for prime time yet yeah. i will say and we will see just like in the 2016 2015 time where we had like flux mania like, we're going to have cash mania. Yeah. Oh, yeah. absolutely believe it. So my understanding is that the suspense is baked into React. It's a it's a component yeah, yeah. that you're going to have. Um, but cash is kind of like a going to be the Wild West for a little bit. Like, yeah. like React cash is the starting implementation. But that's where a lot of the innovation could potentially happen over the next year. Absolutely. It's just like a reference for how it hooks into React mm -hmm. at the moment. But yeah, like, it's going to be pretty crazy. I'll talk about this, too. Like, don't rewrite your app uh, tomorrow, for sure. <laughs> like, don't do that. Uh, don't do it on Monday. For pain. Yeah, no, you're going. It's going to be painful. And so, I would definitely just stick to like lazy loading components, uh -huh. some image stuff that I'll show, and like some cool stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Start there. If you want to get wild, do some data stuff. But um, 
yeah, like I would wait or those of you who are ambitious, like think about how to do this better and they'll come up with some awesome way. I'm yeah. sure there are people that are going to release like five different libraries <laughs> like on Friday. Oh, sure, sure, sure. I'm sure there's a ton just like they, waiting. Just to get, like, like, yeah. Deployed. There's like people just like, was Jared's talk over? Is Jared's talk over? <laughs> okay, there it is. Boom. Okay, so I want to back up just a little bit, kind of like cover the things that we talked about and then talk about progress for people's apps, like how people can kind yeah. of move yeah, forward yeah, yeah, yeah. this incrementally. So first of all, we're getting suspense. Uh, we're getting hooks. We can throw anything that we want into these caches. So it's not just... It's not just data. We no, can put components right. in there. We can yeah. do like these image yeah. things. The these image, image audio, <laughs> video, scripts, probably some other stuff that I don't even know about. Like Yeah. And then suspense itself is not just about fetching data, but it is about that. Yeah, it's about suspending render. That's okay. the basically the best way to think about it. It's about uh, efficiently orchestrating resources. Now, all of this seems really in line with the original view of React, which is to kind of like stop time and in doing so be able to give people a great uh, user experience. I'm remembering early on like like Pete Hunt's talks where he was like talking about like being able to like take time out of right. the equation. So, so React, I know what wavelength you're on. So like React, so jQuery, there's con if you go to jQuery application, there's yeah. a concept of time. Yeah. Like you don't know necessarily what's happened or if you do something, what's it, what it is about to impact. Yes. So like React solves this. By removing time. So like the way I the way I refer to this concept is like, like let's get mathy here. Go back for a second. <laughs> okay, so like React is like a function of like state and props. And so F of like state and props is like UI. Yeah. Okay, but now it's really just like props because like whatever. But like, okay. <laughs> but it's like F of state and props is like UI, right? All right. But jQuery, it's like a function of state, like maybe some props and like time. Time. No time in React. Because you're describing the way things are. I forget which one it is, but like you describe the what and React takes care of the how. Okay. Or I may have yeah. just gotten that backwards, but it makes sense if you think about it. <laughs> no, I don't know. Someone smarter than me wrote that. But um, I've been thinking about that a lot actually uh, recently. Just personal anecdote. Um, my, my wife and I use my car a lot because it's more gas efficient, but we use the air conditioning totally differently. She likes to just jam down the air conditioning to like 62 degrees and then control as she needs right. the like how much of the fan, got right? It, got like it. she uses it very imperatively. Right, right, and like right, me, right, right. I'm like I'm like 72 degrees. That's right. That's a great that's <laughs> I don't a care great, what you do. great 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 analogy. I don't Keep care how 72. you get there. <laughs> right, but the problem so here's okay, so here's a here's a good counter example of that. The problem with the declared at 72 degrees is if you don't have like a nest what you'll have is an air conditioning that like goes up to like 74 degrees and like blasts it on high. Yeah. Yep. Until it gets down to 72 and then stops and then it goes back up to 76 and it blasts it on high and it goes back down. You know, it's like, yeah, it doesn't mean that that's efficient. <laughs> yep, yep. Absolutely. <laughs> it just means that it's like, it's going to get, it's like, you're sort of like, that's the mean. Yeah. Right. So there's that. So I, I, I see what you're saying though. So like reacts about like you describe the business logic and it takes care of the rest. And that's really interesting and, and phenomenal. But it doesn't mean it's not without its flaws. Like it make, doesn't mean that things can't get complicated. And like things are complicated with React. Like animations are very challenging. Yeah. I would say like that is probably like one of the hardest part like problems that I think is still basically unsolved. But maybe now that we've moved past some other things, we'll tackle that. But yeah, I mean it's it's gonna be interesting. Like I I think this will all like be very, very good for the community as as this new like age of suspense innovation happens. Yeah. I think I think it will be good. But yeah, so you can store all kinds of things in your cache. 
and it will ultimately lead to just better user experience. And that's what I think the ultimate, like that's what everybody's here for, like just delivering better user experience. Uh, and what's interesting about suspense is that it also kind of provides a better developer experience. And yeah. like very rarely do we get to like make that kind of like, like oftentimes you're like, oh, this is better for developers, but mm -hmm. isn't great for the users. And that doesn't make you, those aren't necessarily good decisions. Sometimes we're forced to make those, mm -hmm. but sometimes not so much. But this is one of those situations where it's unique in the sense that it's actually good for the users yep. and good for the developers. Well, it sounds like they're making the right thing easy because it's very hard to do all of the max duration stuff that you're talking about. We're just not going to do it. It's easier to think like, oh, I have a loading state and a data state and totally forget about that third state that's really hard to do and like kind of hard to reproduce a lot of the times and has so many like edge cases around yeah. it. And it sounds like with this new suspense component, they've basically made it really easy to opt into a good user experience exactly and consider right. that third point. Yeah. I think that, and I think that's like the, that's the, that's the zone, right? So like, I'm always about solving for the 80% use case, like make the 80% easy. And then like 20% of problems are like going to be unique no matter what, like you're not going to be able to cover all your bases. And I feel like that's the case here. Like mm -hmm. no suspense is not this like silver bullet. You still need to go through all, all the motions of like, you need to split out your resources. You need to like lazily load everything, yeah. but you don't get this conflict where you have to make a choice between like delivering great user experience for users on slow connections or janky user experience on users for fast connections. Like that's what I, that's what we do. Like just throw a loader up there. Yeah. But you know, now we don't have to do that. And that's just a really phenomenal thing. And it, it seems so small, but I think I'm going to delete more code in my talk than I'm actually going to write. <laughs> awesome. So like that's also should be like the best part. And like, I think also like, don't, I think those are messages like I would convey is like, don't rewrite your app at all. Like all of this stuff is completely incrementally adoptable and, and, and optional. So like, that's really important. And like, obviously it's important to Facebook to build things that are incrementally adoptable. Yeah. I think they have like 80,000 React components or something like <laughs> that. A lot. Yeah. So like, and I think it's like the entire React team is responsible for all of them, <laughs> like for updating it. Yeah. So like. So what are the components uh, related to suspense? Obviously yeah. there's this suspense component. Yeah. Um, and then there's the concurrent mode component. Is that so right? yeah, so basically you need to make sure that your app passes strict mode. Okay. So if you haven't done and so well. component? There's a yeah, react.strict mode, and okay. you wrap your app. You can do this today, react.strict mode, and then fix. click around your app, run through your integration tests, you have them, and fix all the warnings. And it will tell you what is no longer going to be allowed in concurrent mode. Now, you may not be able to fix all of these warnings because you may be using some sort of third-party library or mm -hmm. component that is just not going to do that. If this is the case, you cannot get into concurrent react or take advantage of it all sure. on that slice of the tree. So what you can do is there's two ways to get to concurrent React, which enables this or suspend to work the way it's intended. One way is to replace your React DOM dot render with this new create root. Okay. So React DOM dot create, create root. root. You give it the DOM node and then you call, it returns something which you can call render on. Okay. Okay. It's a chain thing. That's for, to enable, when your entire app passes strict mode, you can use that. Okay. But you may not be able to get there from day one, and that's okay. What you can do is you can import, if there are certain parts of your tree that, that do pass strict mode, and you can identify them, you can wrap that part of your tree with react.concurrent mode, and that part of it will use concurrent mode. So yeah, so that's cool. So basically, you can incrementally adopt this concurrent mode. And these are just like, these aren't like massive structural changes. They've been warned about them for like at least six months sure. that this is happening. And these it's are probably like probably going to be a lot of library forking going on. Oh, in the next sure, time. I'm sure, I'm sure. Like, 
I was same thing like refs, right? Like that yeah. kind of thing. So like string refs, when those got deprecated, it was like, I, I, think I'm, I think I'm still using my version of like React Modal 2 or something. I don't know. <laughs> Anyways, you're going to go through your, your app and you're going to take off all the stuff that doesn't work with strict mode. You're, you're not going to touch it. And then you're going to wrap the stuff that does work with strict mode in concurrent mode. And then it will enable concurrent rendering and you'll be able to use suspense. But what's really cool, and this is amazing, is that you can actually still use the suspense component outside of concurrent mode. Tell me more about that. Okay, so the suspense component, we talked about how it pauses, it tells React to wait yep. until resources are available. That only happens if you're running in concurrent mode, so either with create root or underneath a concurrent mode component. But if you're not in concurrent mode, you can still like use that component around uh, and it will work. What it will do though is it will immediately fire the fallback mm -hmm. that you pass to it. And if you think about that, back to the first thing we talked about, <laughs> that's actually where you are today. Yeah, yeah. You're not losing anything. No, it's actually better because you've deleted the loading state. That's awesome. It's slightly better. It's not amazing. It's not perfect. Sure, but sure. It's, but it is better. You've deleted a ton of state and also like all the interfaces and stuff that goes around with it, right? Like you've yeah. deleted is loading from your application. It just fires immediately at all times. So you're going to get that jank still. and it's But it's literally the same jank you already have. <laughs> so, so by upgrading... Yeah. You get to opt into the better developer experience and then kind of slowly prepare your app for the better user experience. Pretty much. That's a great way of putting it. That's and, awesome. Um, yeah, so it's it's great. And so you can start using that pretty much like tomorrow and uh, playing around with it. And I'm sure people are going to invent some crazy stuff that we haven't thought of yet. That's really the power of React. It's always going to be this incrementally adoptable, incrementally improving thing. Yeah. And like I hope other updates come out that are like this. And like less like the get derived state from props thing <laughs> that like broke for me. <laughs> like that was like not good. <laughs> it's like that was that was a, that was a major version for me. Right. Sure. Sure. <laughs> well, because it throws the warnings, right? And then everyone's pissed at you because you're throwing warnings in their apps or. Right. So the get derived state from props error, if we want to just touch on that for a second, was like <laughs> cha fundamental change about the way that was supposed to work. So like basically there was a slight change in the API that like completely changed the way it actually behaved. And like it was, it was behaving like component did update. And then it was behaving like basically like set state during render. Gotcha. So it was doing like set state during render, which is you can imagine if you just thought about that, like that's not a good idea, <laughs> but yeah. that's how, that's basically what it is now. But that shift was not good for Formic, but I digress. So for all the people who are uh, looking into updating their apps to suspense, um, what what's some parting wisdom that you have for us? You want to start your movement, I'll say. I won't say migration, I'll say movement. Basically focusing on three things. The first thing you're going to want to do is load, use like react.lazy, okay. which is a helper to lazy load modules. Uh, so if you use create react app, if you use webpack, if you use parcel, um, they support dynamic imports. Mm -hmm. And you can use react.lazy to, in addition uh, to suspense, to more ergonomically uh, lazy load your modules. Okay. You could do this before with a React component, but it would not be as fun and also as terse. Um, so that that's like thing one. So like module code splitting, that's thing one. Thing two are like assets. Uh, you can use React Cache today, tomorrow, to intelligently create placeholders and fallbacks and orchestrate the loading and caching of your apps, images, audio, video, scripts, even, 
Um, and that's really, really awesome too. Uh, and then the last thing that you may need to wait on, and this is my suggestion, is uh, data. So you can use React Cache and Suspense to fetch JSON and store it. But there are some fundamental things that are missing right now from React Cache, mm. like normalization, invalidation, which like pretty much prevent it from being used for that for the moment. But that's okay. That stuff's coming. So just wait. Mm -hmm. And if you use like Apollo and Relay, like that stuff's coming anyway. So you won't even maybe need to touch it. And if you're feeling adventurous, you should read the docs and read through the source code of React Cache and like get involved. Because it's not that big, right? It's like, no, it's like four, 600 lines or something. Yeah, it's tiny. So uh, that's the your one, two, three steps to moving to suspense. And again, don't rewrite your whole app. Um, everything's incremental. Uh, remember that. And then the, what we do is like we will only rewrite or refactor when we have to update that part of the application again. So we don't tend to our garden just for the sake of gardening. That's what we like to think about it, right? <laughs> like good analogy. Right. We don't just like, yeah, we don't, we don't just go back and redo things for the sake of doing it. Like make a plan, budget a little extra time, and then refactor when you get there. Don't just refactor the whole thing or rewrite your whole thing. That's very, very expensive and silly. And you may decide that, you know, we have this really great data fetching technique internally that we invented here, and it's really great, and it's working for this entire slice of application, and that's totally 100% okay, because guess what? It's worked so far. <laughs> it's making money. It's making money today. So if it's making money today, you may not want to touch it because it move on to other things that can make you more money. I just like, you know, just don't, don't, don't don't rewrite things for the so sake of writing. Don't things. jump on the hype train. No. Take it easy. Play with Stick it. Stick to your goals. Yeah. Know about it. Know about it. Play with it. Wait. I would wait for like the next revolution to happen and then like pick your winner. Yeah. Like think about how painful it was when you picked the wrong <laughs> flux framework. <laughs> or CSS and JS. Like right. any of these things right. that just had a proliferation of libraries. Right. And then you were stuck. Maybe continue what you've been doing for the past like three years. And just do it like for another two months and then make a decision and yeah. then go all in on it or experiment and do your own thing, whatever. What's great about it is all incremental. You can delete it as easily as you can write it. So that's the best part. So. Well, you know, it's going to take a while for us to get a, a stable release of hooks too. So maybe yeah, that's, your, that's, maybe that's, that's your, your goal line. Maybe that's there. So, But any uh, aspiring open source uh, people out there who want to go make a name for themselves, now is a great time to be in the React community. Thanks. Thank you for having me. This was awesome. Yeah, Always good to chat. It's been a minute. Um, <laughs> I, I know you got a speaker dinner to attend to, so yeah, I really I gotta, appreciate I all of the time that you gave us. Thanks for that very pragmatic message at the end. I'm excited for your talk. We'll obviously link that. Yeah, thanks again. This has been episode 29 of React Podcast. For links to the projects, talks, and everything else mentioned in this show, visit reactpodcast.com dot com slash 28. As I mentioned in the top of the show, if you are new to React, I have a fun little project for you. I'm going to be doing the second season of react.holiday. For 25 days in December, I'm going to post one lesson a day on React. These are two to three minute reads and all of the code will be included. My hope is that you'll go into 2018, whether a beginner or old hat with a newfound understanding of what React future means for you. Join in on the fun at react.holiday. Thanks for listening. We'll be in your ears again next week.